Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hello again. Thanks for joining me for this week's Dating and Relationship Show. This is Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, founder of singleinthecity.ca. Why do so many of us keep attracting the wrong person? Does this sound like you? That's one of the questions that we want to get to the bottom of tonight as I'm joined by my guest, Stacy Speller. Stacy is a fellow relationship expert who helps ambitious women attract the healthy and fulfilling relationships they deserve and desire. She's also an international speaker and author of the book, Rest Well, God's Gift for a Good Night's Sleep. She has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to dating and relationships, and we can't wait to share some of that with you guys. Tonight, we'll be exploring blind spots in relationships, how to set yourself up for success when it comes to dating, and how we can learn to know our worth. Thanks for joining us tonight, Stacy. Hey, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, and thank you for joining me. And Stacy is calling in from Atlanta, Georgia, so welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So let's jump right in. We have so much to talk about. You're all about helping ambitious women find themselves and satisfaction in relationships, which includes looking out for yourself. One of the big issues that we tend to face when it comes to dating is the idea of blind spots and blocking out certain things that we don't want to see. How do you think that we should go about uncovering these blind spots? What should we be looking for? Well, One of the things that I always kind of start with, Laura, is we attract as we are, as you well know. Mm -hmm. So we are not going to ever have an accurate assessment of the person we're dating or a potential partner if we don't have an accurate assessment of ourselves. And that's where the challenge comes in is, do I have the clarity of who I actually am? And what I actually want and what happens with ambitious women, which is why I focus on that group, is we're so driven, we're career-minded, we're bosses, we're making it happen. You know, we are that girl. And we don't see that accurate view of ourselves, and we don't take that reflective time. So if we're dating and we're looking at it in terms of, okay, this is just something I want to accomplish versus having that total clarity of, Who am I? What do I actually want? And to take a look at it outside of who are you outside of your profession or your education or your career accomplishments, but who are you? What do you actually value? And when we don't have that, then we're out just looking and we don't know what we're even looking for. We don't even know what kind of guy would be right for us. And so we're almost like dating in the dark, literally, because we don't know ourselves well enough to even know what it is we're actually looking for and what we would want in that potential partner. So with blind spots, you know, the biggest thing you can do, the first step is to get honest with yourself, because that's the hardest thing to reconcile because it's so easy to blame it on the other person. You know, mm-hmm. all the guys are no good. They're all cheaters. They're all emotionally unavailable. They're not committers. You know, they're not interested in building a meaningful relationship, and we just keep pushing it outward. But that hard, hard kind of heart to talk to say, why do I keep attracting 
these type of men. I was a magnet for that type of guy. And it was not until I took a look at my own issues and kind of unraveled the the stories and the narrative that I told myself around love, the lies basically I believed about love, that helped me come to the conclusion and recognition that I had to deal with Stacy first because that's why I was attracting those type of men. It's so interesting that you say that because I interview so many singles in my matchmaking practice and I often hear all the good ones are taken, you know, men are just looking for one thing and or women are too superficial. But it really does make little sense to point the blame directly on other people because, you know, you and only you are the reason that you are single, right? And like you mentioned before, the law of attraction is in effect. You attract who you are. If you think negatively, you're going to attract more of what you don't want. When you think positively, you're going to attract more of what you do want. And you have to ask yourself that question. Like I always tell people, would you date yourself? <laughs> right? And if the answer is, right? And if the answer is no, like then you need to work on yourself. Um you know, like, like I always say, ask yourself, like, can you engage someone in conversation? Do you have good morals? Do you have good values? Like, are you intelligent? Are you loyal? Are you honest, trustworthy, kind? Like, these are things that other people are looking for. And if you've answered no to most of these questions, then you really need to work on yourself to become the person whom you want to be with in a relationship. That is so spot on accurate. And Unfortunately, because you get to a point in life, if you're over the age of 20 and you're dating, then you've probably had a heartbreak somewhere along the way. So now you're bringing that back. (laughs) You're bringing that energy. And so everybody you meet, it's that energy of, oh, this isn't going to work out or, oh, this person's no good or, oh, you know, he chews his food just like the guy who broke my heart did. So surely he's going to be, you know, a loser. And it's all the energy and all the baggage we're bringing. And then we wonder why are we attracting what we don't want? Exactly. That's a a hard thing to, you know, that's a harder, it's a harder prescription. It's a harder pill to swallow because when people come to, you know, an expert like yourself or they come to me, they want us to fix something that's happening externally. So it's like, tell me where to go to find a great guy, tell me what app I should be on, tell me what my profile should look like. And it's like, okay, but let's back up and start because it doesn't matter what dating app, who your matchmaking service is. If you're not attraction worthy, then you're not, it's not going to work out for you. Spot on. Now these blind spots often come into play when we find ourselves attracting the wrong person time and time again. And in my experience, Many of us get stuck falling for people who are emotionally unavailable over and over again without noticing the red flags that consistently come up. Why do you think that we keep attracting the same type that just isn't right for us? Well, there's a couple of reasons. One, the first one where we talked about where we're not doing the work on ourselves. So until we unravel those lives and stories and deal with those narratives, it's a, it's a pattern. It's almost like a knee-jerk reaction where we just keep getting drawn to that same type of guy because of the lies and the stories we believe about finding love. And, you know, that plays a huge component. 
the second reason why we tend to do it is there's a, you know, there's almost that sense of desperation. And I know that's such an ugly word and nobody wants to really think about it. But we're so, when you're so kind of driven in the rest of your life and you're like a rock star in your professional life where you're having success and it's not carrying over into your personal life, you know, that's a, that's a blow to, you know, your ego and your self-esteem, like what in the world is going on? So then it becomes almost more like a goal and accomplishment. So you're driven and you're like, okay, I need to get the guy. I need to get that person. I need to have that area of my life sorted and doing well. And then when we and, got, then when we get them, we don't want them anymore because we realize what they're all about. <laughs> so that's, that's pretty much how that's pretty much how it works out. But it becomes almost like that thing on the to do list, and we just keep going back into what's familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's comfortable for us because you know even though we it may have been a toxic relationship, you know maybe he was emotionally unavailable. That's familiar. That's kind of what you what you know, and you just tend to gravitate towards what you know. Um, and then when you are guarded, maybe you're defensive, you're doing the same behaviors, then you keep getting that. That's what you intentionally keep attracting, and you don't even realize it. Yeah, I totally agree with all of that. And if I, I can weigh in on this, I mean, some of us are looking for what we think is the perfect match. But what you need to realize is that there's that nobody is perfect. No relationship is perfect. And if you want others to accept your flaws, then you need to accept the flaws of others as well. And I find that some people tend to portray themselves as someone that they're not. It, and it's so important to stay true to yourself while you're looking for a partner. Don't pretend to be someone you're not or put yourself in situations that you normally wouldn't put yourself in. And another important point is that we don't do the work. Uh, We don't learn the lessons that we're meant to from past relationships. This is a huge one, Stacey, don't you think? And we don't learn the lessons and we continue to have these similar experiences because we don't learn from our past relationships. Do you find that that's happening with a lot of your clients as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. One of my favorite things I always say say is some of the greatest things you get out of a relationship are the lessons. And if you don't learn the lessons, you're destined to repeat the same behavior and the same mistakes. And you go from one relationship to the other and you don't learn the lesson. Guess what? You're going to have that same thing on repeat and you're just going to keep it's like a cycle. It's almost like you're on a hamster wheel. And until you disrupt that you keep getting that same pattern happening in your life. So I agree wholeheartedly with that. We need to take a break. We're going to continue this conversation. Why we keep attracting the same type that isn't right for us, right here on Global News Radio 640 Toronto, the Dating and Relationship Show. Stay with us. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca. 
on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're tuned in to Global News Radio, 640 Toronto, the dating and relationship show. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. On tonight's show, we are giving you tools to set yourself up for relationship success with Stacey Speller. She's a relationship expert who helps ambitious women attract the healthy and fulfilling relationships that they deserve and desire. And before the break, we were um, giving you guys tips on why we think you keep attracting the same type that just isn't really right for you. Um, and I guess I just have one more point before we continue that I want to uh, mention. Uh, and my last point was that sometimes we look for sw- someone that we need rather than someone that we want. Your desire to be in a relationship shouldn't come from a place of need. No one is going to make you feel whole or is going to fulfill all of your needs because you need to do that for yourself. You should be looking for an equal partner, not an emotional caretaker to fix your life. Do you agree with that, Stace? Even to that point, Laura, I agree with it. It's so spot on. And I think Jerry Maguire, Maguire, that movie, yeah. ruined a lot of relationships because that whole idea of somebody completing you, I think we, we, we purchased into that, again, relationship, love, life, lie, that somebody is going to come into your life, sweep you off your feet and complete you, and that you're walking around as this half a person, incomplete, waiting for this person to show up. If you go into a relationship and you're not whole, that's a formula for disaster. Two broken people does not equal one whole person. You have to be whole and happy and well and good as you are in order for the relationship to be successful. Beautifully said. Now, continuing on that, what are some of the things that you think we need to do in order to start attracting people who are a better fit for us? Where do you think we should start? Well, the, the first step in starting is, you know, when I talked about having that clarity is having realistic clarity and expectations around what would be best for you. And that's hard because, again, you have to do a lot of level setting. We live, you know, in an age of, you know, social media and TV and, you know, we're so bombarded with images and, you know, the, the happy couple strolling along the beach and they, they look perfect. Their, their life is perfect. Everything is this per- illusion of perfection. And it doesn't even come close to mirroring reality. But I think getting that, that level of clarity, okay, and I don't know, you know, I, I laugh when I'm, I'm working with women and I'll say, okay, so what are you actually looking for in a guy? And you either have the, the woman who has never even considered it. She just knows she wants a guy because that's just what her life script is supposed to consist of. And that's on her list of things to accomplish. Or it's the woman who pulls out a list that's like 20 sheets long. And so it's like, good luck looking for the unicorn. So I think it's just having that balanced expectation and saying, okay, this is what I value. This is who I am. This is what I value. This is what I'm looking for. I recognize no one's going to be perfect. But what are those like five things, qualities that I really want? What are those five deal breakers? And just being able to put pen to paper and say, okay, I should know these things, but they should be level set 
in reality, not what I see on social media, not based on the relationship lies I've believed from television or even poor relationship role models, maybe in our family, maybe we watched, you know, parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents that had an incredibly dysfunctional relationship, and we think that's normal. So just being able to do that soul searching and saying, what what are the things that I value? What are those five things that I really value that I would want in a partner? And then what are those deal breakers? You know, for example, smoking. Maybe you don't want to date a smoker. So why would you even entertain the third, fourth, and fifth date with a person who's a committed smoker? See, I did that, but I learned from that relationship, and I learned that I would never do that again. I got into a relationship with this guy who smoked, and then after a year, it started driving me crazy, right? <laughs> I was like, you know, stop smoking, and, and then I, I, it, it turned out like he thought I was acting like his mother. Like, he's like, why are you always nagging me to do this or that? Or like smoking was the big one, right? And, it, and he was right. Like, I should have identified that before I got into a relationship with him, that I didn't like mm-hmm. that, but I was blinded and I thought, okay, no, I'll just get into this relationship. Then I'll try to change him. That doesn't work for yeah. You can't get into That's a relationship hoping to change someone. <laughs> you need to figure that out before you get into a relationship with them. And it's really um, funny because I actually give my clients this exact same advice. I tell them to write down their negotiables and their non-negotiables. The negotiables, like you mentioned, are things that don't go against your beliefs and values. Um, These are things that you want. And then your non-negotiables are things that that do go against your beliefs and values. And these are things that, you know, you need. Um, And then you should be strict about your must-haves, but be a little bit more lenient and flexible when it comes to what you actually want. And then I always tell people, too, to be open to meeting someone who outside of what you normally would date. So um, consider somebody different because it could be refreshing, it could be invigorating, and your type may have changed and you don't even know it yet. That's good. That's good. That is so true. Um, you know, having an open mind is so critical. Because, you know, one of the things about dating patterns and when you have negative dating patterns, you know, the best way to completely disrupt it is to go for somebody who's not even remotely your type and to be open to that. Like, you know what, this this could be a really great connection and a potential partner. I wouldn't have ever normally thought about, you know, this person, but why not? Why not be open-minded? Um, but you know, coming outside that comfort zone, you can't, you, you can't find love from inside your comfort zone. And a lot of times we don't want to step outside of that comfort zone of this is the kind of guy I've always dated, you know, and it's a complete, very boxed in limited mindset of, of what you're looking for. So yes, having an open mind, you have to date with an open mind because true love is not inside your comfort zone. A hundred, a hundred and fifty-nine percent. And as a matchmaker, I see so many people um, asking me for, like, just things that are silly, right? Like, I will only date a brunette. Well, why won't you date a blonde? Because I've never had a good experience dating blondes. Well, that's a load of crap. What does hair color have to do with compatibility, right? Or or she's 5'2", and she won't date anyone 
um, you know, shorter than 5'11 or 6 feet. Like, come on. You, you just really need to be a lot more flexible when looking for someone, especially when you really, really want to truly meet someone. I now, love I absolutely I love that. I, I absolutely love that and that's that's part of kind of the challenge. You know, first of all the whole comment about I only date you know, I don't date blondes. To think that every single woman with blonde hair could be just like the woman you dated is absolutely ludicrous and that's why I say you have to, you know, put your level set your expectations based on reality. I had a, a, a client who was dating a guy, you'll love this, this kind of sets the tone for, for the point we're illustrating, and it's so ridiculous, but I, I hope it'll help your listeners see themselves if they tend to have, if they lean into this tendency. But I had a woman who was, she owned a hair salon, and she met a guy, and he was a you know, nice guy, very professional, kind of what she, everything she said she was looking for. Her challenge was, and I kid you not, she says, I know, but you know, he's only in his mid-30s, and he already has gray hair. Like, I'm just so unaffected by that gray hair. What? And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, okay, but you own a hair salon. Like, there's such a quick fix to that. Like, yeah. like if that's the only thing. And you're going to get gray hair. <laughs> Newsflash. That, that's even yet another. That's even yet another thing. But it's though it's that kind of mindset of let me get focused on the real things that matter that sustain a relationship over time, and it's not going to be the fleeting things like hair color, or you know height. You know it's so relationships are so much greater than that, and that goes back to the point of why you have to have an open mind because you're looking at you know the 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 initial meeting attraction and chemistry phase is very short term in light of a 10, 20, 30-year partnership. Yes. So the moral of the story is be open, be more flexible, and give people chances. Now, you also talk a lot about knowing your worth and making sure that you don't invest yourself in someone that doesn't deserve you. Getting stuck playing games and constantly guessing yourself or your relationship can get so exhausting. Now, I think that when you meet the right person, that there are no games and that you're able to fully enjoy a relationship's potential. How do you feel about that? I agree wholeheartedly. And I think, you know what I think, Laura? I think the reason there's so much game playing on the dating scene is because people aren't showing up as their authentic self. I agree. So they're sending the representative. And they're insecure. Yeah, I call that that person the representative, and that's who you send out into the world on the date of who you want people to think that you are. But it's not who you really are. So when you send the representative out, the game playing is because you're not being who you really are. He's not being who he really is. On come the dating games. So it's really being able to just show up with that authentic self and say, you know what, I'm great as I am, and I don't need to pretend to be anything that I'm not. And, you know, that's some real self-esteem work. And some people, in order to be relationship-ready, need to do a little self-esteem work because you're not going to attract what you want in a partner if you're low, if your self-esteem is low. You've got to have a good, solid, balanced, healthy self-esteem. And I think there's so much uncertainty right now with dating 
And people just don't want to put all their eggs in one basket. They just want to keep dating around because they think that something better is going to come along. Um, And so, and this is why I feel that a lot of people play games because they don't want to um, lead the other person on, right? They just want to keep dating multiple people at once. I mean, that's another reason. There are so many reasons, (laughs) but we don't have all day. (laughs) No, you're absolutely right. And that's, that's another unfortunate thing is that, okay, I'll date this person, but I want to make sure I'm not missing out on anything. And maybe there is something better or someone better out there for me. And then you're comparing and that gets, you know, that gets really tricky. Let's take a break. We're going to discuss teaching him how to treat you. That's our topic of conversation. Mm -hmm. After this break, stay with us. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. And we're back. Thanks for tuning in tonight to the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bilotta. And on tonight's show, we are giving you tools to set yourself up for relationship success with Stacey Speller. Stacey is a relationship expert who helps ambitious women attract the healthy and fulfilling relationships that they deserve and desire. Welcome back to the show, Stacey. Hey, Laura. Thank you. Okay, so this one's huge. You're a big believer in getting what you want and deserve. And you said that when it comes to relationships, you teach a guy how to treat you. I always say this. I love this topic. I always tell people this. So make make sure the lessons are what you want him to learn. Now, why do you think that we need to do this? How can we do this without being overbearing, let's say? Well, you know, I always say anything you do when when you are that ambitious, kind of assertive, you know, strong woman, you always just season everything you do with grace and a little bit of elegance, and you'll be fine. But it's so important to set the tone of a relationship. And, you know, a lot of times as women, the men are going to love this. We assume that a man should be able to read our minds, that he should know what we expect, that he should know how to treat us, that all of these things he should just know. And we get our emotions involved because now we're assuming he should know this, now we feel some kind of way, we're upset, we're ready to toss him to the side. We call him every name in the book. Yeah. <laughs> because he didn't do what we wanted him to do. But mm-hmm. you have to back up and ask yourself, how would he know that? You don't know what his relationship history looks like. He may have dated a woman who was allergic to flowers and didn't like them. So four dates in when you're complaining that, you know, he's he's taking you out, but he doesn't bring flowers. Well, how does he know that? How does he know you like flowers? How does he know that you value your time? And if he's going to be late, you expect him to send a text or to let you know the plans have changed. You know, all of these things we assume someone knows when they can be so much of just a preference. And a great guy may still have some relationship history that's not aligned with who you are, but that's okay because Being teachable 
is the most one of the most important qualities anybody who wants to be in a relationship can have. That says, you know what? I'm looking for love, and these are my values. This is what I want to negotiate on. But these other things, I'm open to it. If you love flowers, I can be intentional about bringing flowers on Friday date night. But I need to know that. So you teach what your expectations, what your standards, your preferences, all those things have to be taught. And you just have to be willing to do that work. And what I see, and I'm sure you see it as well, Laura, when we, we, when a woman doesn't teach the guy, we're basically leaving it for him to figure out. Mm-hmm. And, then and then we get angry and upset with that. Complicated. They're not that complicated. Our brains are like noodles. Theirs are not. They're very neat and compartmentalized. So he's thinking, A, he's thinking, okay, I like her. I want to take her out on Friday night. I'm going to go pick her up, and we're going to a great new restaurant. You're thinking, okay, if he doesn't have on the right blue jeans, then that probably means he's not that serious. If he doesn't have flowers, then that means that he's really not that interested or he's not a quality guy. We've got all these thoughts and preconceived notions that are happening in our head, and he's just thinking, I like her. I'd like to get to know her. But, but see, this is, mm-hmm. some women would think this stuff is common sense. Like, like you should always show up if you're, if you're, if you're a guy and you're taking a girl out on a date, you should always show up with something. I just, and I figure like, cause I'm out dating, like it's just, it's just a given, you know, <laughs> if you, you want to impress me, you should show up with something. Or if I'm making you dinner at my home and you show up with nothing, that's such a huge turnoff. These are little things that I feel like we shouldn't have to teach guys. Well, those are, you know, it's all, you know, kind of, and here we go with kind of the rules and the whole dating thing. Those are things in the showing up. If you're cooking, he absolutely has to show up with something. Of course. Um, but those are all the things that you have to teach. What happens is when you don't teach it, I'm just a proponent of teach him from the beginning but don't throw away that guy that maybe just doesn't have that relationship track record. I, I meet a lot of guys who are, you know, in the in certain tech spaces, engineering, and they're so technical that sometimes they don't think about those kinds of things. So if you're bringing him and cooking him dinner and he doesn't show up with a bottle of wine or flowers, that is a problem. Now, the question is, does he have enough good qualities for you to say something or is that a red flag? And that's where all that discernment kicks in of the clarity. Who is this guy? What are, what are his values? What do you mm-hmm. think? Yeah. Should yeah. you, should you invest in saying, you know what? Hey, you know, if I'm cooking you dinner, let me know you're running 30 minutes late. Or if I'm cooking you dinner, then this would be the expectation, you know, like, hey, great, how about a bottle of wine? Or even being more proactive and saying, hey, I'm making dinner for you. It's a great Italian. A great red would go with it. What do you think? Love that. Now you've already, now you've already given that expectation, like, do not show up my my house that I've just cooked for you, and you don't have anything to bring. Well, singles, like, you, teach, yes. you teach, but you're teaching in a way that, this is who I am. This is my expectation. This is what I want. Just like you can teach a man how to kiss properly. <laughs> I've been in that situation you can teach him, before. You can teach a good man can be taught anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So 
if he doesn't dress well, well, you can buy him clothes or, you know, you can go shopping with him. If he doesn't kiss well or doesn't kiss like you want him to, you can teach him to do all that stuff. Like what you said, if the, it, it depends. Like, I mean, if he has amazing qualities, are you ready to just let him go because of a couple little things that you can just tweak? No. I mean, we don't want to say we fix them or anything, but we want to suggest things, right? Now... I also say show him that you are a high-quality woman, that you are pretty good on your own, that you are strong enough to handle difficult situations, and that you don't need a man to complete you, but rather to complement your life. Respect yourself. Set your standards for yourself. Don't let him walk all over you. And you will see how he will continue to respect you and treat you right. But you should know that you also need to respect your man if you want him to respect you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So well said. Now, we we need to take a break, but when we come back after the break, we are unveiling important ways to set your relationship up for success. Stay with us. Listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. This is Global News Radio 640 Toronto, the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bellotta. How to start attracting people who are a better fit for us? Dating standards. How do we find balance between knowing exactly what we want and being open? That's what we're talking about right now, right here on the Dating and Relationship Show with Stacey Peller. She is a relationship expert, and she's calling us all the way from uh, Atlanta, Georgia. So welcome back. (laughs) Yay. Yay. Okay, so before the break, we were talking about um, teaching a guy how to treat you. So I think you have a lot more to say about this. So please continue with that. How do we teach a guy how to treat us? And how can we do this without being overbearing? Well, you know, one of the things that, you know, we really have to think about, Laura, is especially for, you know, a lot of ambitious women, uh, strong women, the skill set that works very well for us professionally, sometimes we have to evaluate what that looks like when we translate it into our personal life. And so you don't want to be that overbearing woman like where it's like almost like you're his mother because that kind of gets a, a guy's dander up. Like, are you telling him what to do? Like your example of the guy who smoked and now you're telling him stop yeah. smoking, stop smoking because you're trying okay. to change him and parent him versus partner with him. Right. And that is, you know, that never bodes well. And so it's that fine balance. I call, I call it kind of that balanced vulnerability. So you're vulnerable, you're, you know, you're kind, you're soft, you're all of those things, but it's balanced. It's not to one extreme or the other. You don't want to do too much where now you're a doormat, but you want to make sure you've done enough. So that means having those healthy, healthy boundaries. And, you know, one of the things when clients ask me, what should my boundaries be, you know, boundaries are as unique as you are. You know who you are and what you value and what your expectations are, and you set those boundaries. And when you set those boundaries, a quality person, a quality guy is going to absolutely respect and even appreciate that you have those boundaries. When we have that fear of like, well, I don't want to say anything because, you know, I don't want to push him away or well, he's not your guy, then. fear of setting boundaries, 
that's a huge red flag. I mean, that's like the that's like a blaring, wave it, you know, red flag. That if you're having that sense of, oh, I hate that he does this, but if I say something, I wonder if I'll push him away. You should say it knowing that you're going to push him away because if you have trepidation about setting a boundary. That's, you know, that is your divine interruption that he is not for you. And that's one of the ways we end up in these relationships, situationships, heartbreaks, because we get these red flags and we just, we just kind of see them, but we don't see them. And boundaries are a huge way to get those red flags to show up and say, you know what, I don't, I don't like that he pushed back when I asked him, you know, not to text me at two o'clock in the morning after he'd been out with the guys drinking and yet he's still blowing up my phone and he keeps doing it. That's a, that's a boundary he's crossing and that's a red flag. I love every little thing that you said. I think, I think our teaching methods are very similar to be honest. Because I teach the same way. I say the same things. It's, it's quite interesting. Now, one of the things that you shared that I think is so important is your ways to set a relationship up for success. There are so many different things to think about that can give a relationship more chances to succeed that we can all do. And I would love to chat a little bit more about these steps and how we can put them into play. Now, first, setting boundaries at the onset of a relationship is key, what you just mentioned. Um, You have a quote on your Instagram that says, a woman of worth doesn't play hard to get. She sets boundaries to keep from getting played. How do we know what boundaries we should set for ourselves? What are some healthy boundaries to start off with? Well, a lot of that goes back to the work we do in the very beginning when we start talking about what do you value? Because what you value should be kind of the parameter of what your boundaries actually look like. And it's very easy to get so caught up in wanting to get the guy or get the relationship that we don't, we don't feel comfortable and confident to set those boundaries. So we take a look at, okay, what are my boundaries around time that maybe, you know, you're, you have a thing with time and your time is very valuable. We all value our time. So you may have boundaries around time that, you know, if he's going to continually be late or whatever those boundaries look like around time, around what you value maybe with your morals, you know, whatever your moral compass is, is he being honest? Is he operating in integrity? All of those kinds of things. The way you value even your space, you know, you may have boundaries around your personal space, your physical space. So take a look at every area of your life you know, your spiritual life, you know, maybe you meditate, maybe you go to synagogue or church or whatever your beliefs are, you know, how is he, you know, impeding on those boundaries? So look at every sphere of your life, your physical, your mental, your emotional, your relational, and figure out what are my boundaries in every sphere of those. You should not wait until you meet the guy before you start thinking about what your boundaries are. Because then you're changing the rules up with him as you go along. It's like, oh, we've been dating for two months now. I just realized I have this boundary. So now I'm going to tell him about it. No. It should be from the very beginning, you go into the relationship. From the moment you say hello, you should know how do I want to be treated, what are my expectations, and what are my boundaries. You can't wait to figure that out. Love it. Now, the next one is so important. You think that we should stop telling our single, suspicious 
I love how you put suspicious friends every detail. <laughs> what do you uh, think oversharing does? What should we keep to ourselves, and what is okay to share? Well, you know, when when we when we tell our sing our single suspicious friends, I call them the triple S, our single suspicious sisters. Then what we're doing is we're inviting doubt and negativity into the equation before a relationship can even yes. show. Yes. Yes. So the seed of what could be a really great relationship hasn't even had a chance to take root yet. And now already you're hearing kind of from the negative, you know, tainted, you know, well, what about this? Or what about that? Well, he's only been out of his last relationships for six months. And, you know, the book says you're supposed to be out for a year in order to be able to be fully healed. And, you know, just bringing the doubt and the negative. They have all these rules and they tend to be negative, especially if they hate men or they're going through a similar situation, right? Exactly. Um, Yes. Okay, go on. yourself And just let it let it have that opportunity to at least take root before you start sharing every little detail because it can be a self-sabotage and you don't even realize it. And it's not make, it doesn't mean your friend is a bad person. You just always, I always, I always say before you take their advice, consider your source. So if she's come out of a heartbreak, she's bitter, she's in a bad space, well, she doesn't even realize that she's bringing all that negativity in what could be a great potential relationship for you. So just kind of keep it to yourself and see what it is. Pay good attention. Pay attention to the red flags when you know your boundaries, when you know who you are, what you value. You don't have to share every little detail and invite negativity into a potential relationship. Thank you so much for joining me today, Stacey. What a powerful conversation. Thank you for all your amazing knowledge. Where can people learn more about you and the programs that you have to offer? Well, they can go to my website, which is StaceySpeller.com, my YouTube channel, and, of course, on Instagram where, you know, I'm always there. I I DM directly, um, and I just I love interacting with people because this is my passion and my purpose. This is my mission to help women thrive in their relationships. What's your handle on? I am Stacey Speller, and Stacey is with an E and Speller is with a P. And meeting someone this past year has been super difficult, to say the least. Um, Are you getting frustrated with finding someone special? Let me do the work for you. So you can visit my website to learn more about my affordable matchmaking services, singleinthecity.ca. Follow us, The Dating and Relationship Show, on Instagram. And also you can follow me on Instagram, official Laura Bellotta. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, everybody. Ciao for now. 